giving away gifts like that. You sound original. You look original when you do something like that. You look like you think for yourself. That's a very valuable brand to have in the marketplace. Welcome to Upon Arrival, a show that uncovers stories and strategies that make up all the moving parts of business events tourism with me, Adelaine Ung. It's that wonderful time of year again, and we're just coming off a crazy couple of years where we couldn't celebrate Christmas or have the gatherings the way we used to. And it seems like we're making up for lost time. This year in Australia, Christmas trees and decorations were appearing in retail stores as early as October. It felt like we couldn't wait to get into a good mood, and I think retailers were probably interested in getting consumers to think about shopping as early as possible as well. They've had it rough too. But one thing that's never changed is the tradition of gift giving. And for me as a Christian, that echoes the gift that God gave us on Christmas Day of His Son, Jesus Christ, to the world. But what's in a gift, really? We've received everything from $5 Kris Kringles to something a bit more special perhaps from a loved one. Then there are those that seriously miss the mark, like a knitted loud Christmas jumper or a DVD of Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. I haven't watched it, but I hear it's as horrible as it sounds. What I'm trying to say is there's so much opportunity in the art of giving. And this week's guest, I discovered midway through our conversation, is amazing at that. Nikki Below is the co-founder of eCircle Academy, a company based in Canada that puts on high-touch experiential events designed to wow and supports entrepreneurs with tools to exponentially grow their business. Here's the interview. Nikki, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Adeline. It's an honor to be here. God bless you. Yeah, I love having you on this show. I mean, I'm excited. I know this is the first time we're talking, but I feel like we're going to have you on more than once, if you're okay with that, because you're one of those guys that have a lot to offer. There's a lot you can teach. But for this episode, we're fast approaching Christmas. People are, you know, you can feel that vibe and that energy already around. People are busy getting their shopping done. So we want to give listeners some real takeaways for how you can create the most awesome Christmas party ever for corporate events. But hey, if people are looking to up their game as a Christmas host in their own house, they can probably learn a few tricks as well. How does that sound? I love it. I love it. (laughs) Well, let's start with this question. If I could ask you about the best Christmas party you've ever been to, what would that be? Outside of family stuff, uh, honestly, there was a friend of mine who used to have uh, Christmas parties before, before he had kids where he would invite an intimate group of people together, maybe a dozen people, 15 people, and there'd be great food laid out. Everybody would sit and, and talk for the longest time. Like we would really, really talk, you know what I mean? And um, we'd also uh, spend some time watching like a Christmas movie together, something like It's a Wonderful Life or Miracle on 34th Street. And he did this repeatedly. This wasn't just a one-time event. This happened like five, six, seven, eight Christmases in a row. That was awesome. I loved it. Uh, why, why did you love it? Put this into context for us. This was not a, a family event? No, it was a friend of mine. He invited a, a close friends together. Like he had his family Christmas uh, events, but he also would invite like, you know, a dozen of his close friends, 15 of his close friends. So it was just a, a time of fellowship and love and it was great. I loved it because we, we got to connect and be with other people. I love being with people. It's the best part of events. 
Yeah, I, I don't think many event planners would disagree with that. But if you can take what's special about that, I think we all love and can relate to what you've just shared, that time to put aside the busyness just to, you know, prioritize each other for this time of the year and just kind of catch up and get to know each other more and just laugh, basically, because a lot of people have had a really hard year. But if we wanted to transport or translate, transfer all of those feelings and that meaning of Christmas get-togetherness into, say, an office event, an office Christmas party, you know, something where there's a lot that can be just very stiff about it. You know what I mean? So the first thing I do is I wouldn't make it too big. I wouldn't, like, invite, like, 100 people to it. The smaller, the better. Like, if you you have it under uh, 20, 25 people, there's a chance for people to interact and really get to know each other. So that's number one. The second thing that I would say is that you ought to have a lot of interaction time and not a lot of, you know, necessarily, hey, let's go watch this event, let's go watch this game, let's go do this thing. It's got to be time for people to interact. Take the time to actually get people to interact with each other. So as the host, you ought to do some things that just causes people to interact with one another. You know, this fellow would have everybody sit around the table and just share something around. Tell us one thing that you're grateful for, uh, uh, about Christmas. Tell us one thing that you're grateful for about being here. And everybody would just share. And that's how people got connected. You know what I mean? It wasn't just some big amorphous event where you just kind of went from place to place to place. It was something pretty incredible and special where a lot of great connections got made. And you, you really, I would go into that event, uh, usually tired and stressed out from the day. And I would come out of it full of energy and full of love. It was a beautiful thing. If I were to give you the um, brief of a nightmare, I guess uh, you might call it, like we have a office Christmas event coming up and we've got three to 500 people. That's, you know, beyond your 100 Whoa. people benchmark. How do you make that meaningful? That's a good point. That's a good question. You know, I like having my events be smaller, but one thing I do is I do something to start getting people connected in conversing with one another. I'd, I'd have some some games, some facilitator-led questioning that would happen, and I would make sure that people participated. Because if you do that, let's say you have tables of a dozen people, a dozen people can get to know each other pretty well. So that could make it pretty special. And then I need lots of time for, you know, singing and dancing and Christmas caroling and all that good stuff too. If you do both those things, I think people will be left with a sense of community and togetherness, but a sense of festiveness as well. Yeah. What goes into planning a Christmas party? I mean, aside from, I guess, creating those moments where you're just sharing, you know, something you're grateful for, for this year with the person that's next to you, for example, there's sometimes a lot more that can go into the planning that people don't even see. They're really subtle things that are really well thought out when you've had a time to really think about it. But there's a lot that goes into the planning, even the environment that you create. There's the music, there's the decor. What goes through your mind when you're plotting out those things? Well, I want people to have a special time. I want people to feel like they were valued. So I like to give a lot of gifts. So I'd make sure that every seat there's gifts. And I'm into books. So I buy lots of books and I give away a lot of books. That's the type of thing that I'd be giving away there. I'd make sure the music is festive and 
and upbeat and energetic. That I think the the atmosphere's got to be really really great there, in that respect. And then I, you know, have someone on my team do this because it's not my forte, but somebody who's really good at creating special environments, because I think you need to have a beautiful environment as well. So when we do our business events, not necessarily Christmas events, that's kind of what we go for. Lots of gifts, great music, great ambiance, and then a really special environment. If you hit those three, you're golden. So even if you know, you'd be calling on some of your team, um, specialists as you call them, what have you seen over the years that strike you as really inspiring as ideas? Well, well thought out gifts. Like if you put gifts, for everyone loves getting gifts, especially at Christmas time. Not everybody expects to go to a Christmas party and get a gift. So if, you, if you're giving gifts to 100 people, that's pretty special. People are going to really like that. They're going to remember that, right? That, that, I think, goes a long way. Having really good, healthy food, that goes a long way because a lot of people serve crappy, unhealthy food at Christmas. So if someone goes through uh, the uh, bother to make sure that the food there is excellent and top-notch and really healthy, that'll make a big difference as well, in my, in my view. And then last but not least, making sure that the music is the type of music that people want to like sing along with and move because music can stir the soul and make people feel a lot better. Those are the things that always work for me. Whenever I go to any sort of event, if there's really great music and people take the time to think through what type of music they're putting on to uplift you and, and, and raise up your, your spirits and, and, and elevate your soul, that works. And I think even what works for this time of year is familiar music, isn't it? It's the old stuff that we're familiar with Absolutely. that is the thing that makes us start tapping our feet, that puts us in a good mood. Christmas especially is more than at any other time of year where we have, with most parts of the world, something that we can share in terms of the kind of music that we like. Yeah. Have you ever had a Christmas brief that scared you a little? Like it made you wonder, can I really pull this off? Well, you got to understand that I, I get a lot of help. So the answer is no, <laughs> I've never had anything that scares me because I'm somebody who doesn't do it all by himself. I got people that are really good at detail oriented. I'm good at setting the vision, but I got people that are good at sweating the details. So it's all good. <laughs> okay. Well, then give us an example of a recent event where you've been given a brief that you were really excited about. It was creative. It was inspired. Sure. Well, you know, we've had lockdowns for the last several years, right? And Ooh, in May... Canada has had it hard. Yeah, in May, we had our first live event in two and a half years, right? So it was very exciting. We were in a hotel. We brought a guy in. He was a professional musician. He put a lot of music together for us. That was really cool. And then uh, we had lots of gifts that we gave to people. We chose a very special room. It had beautiful lighting. There was like nature outside, set on acreage, was really, really, really awesome. And then we brought in world-famous singer, Dan Hill. You know, he sings this beautiful song called Sometimes When We Touch. It's a song from the late 70s. And uh, yeah. this this is, man is a world-famous singer. And my, my uh, sweetheart is a friend of his. So she called him up and said, will you come sing for us? And he said, okay, I will. And he came and I was about to ask you, how did you swing that? Yeah, well, you know, like I say, we, do, we, we, we like to wow people. Our objective in meetings is to wow people. Wow. You would have had a lot of people thanking you for that moment, uh, I think. Uh, 
that's a song I have not heard in the longest time. But just when you you said the title of that song, it's all it's all coming back to me, and I can imagine how emotional it must have been in that room at that time. Yeah, it was it was incredible. I was emotional. Yeah, it was awesome. If I can dig back into what you mentioned earlier, because this seems to be an area of passion of yours, which is that gifting part. This is where I think a lot of places, especially corporate places, can get it wrong because they give a corporate gift. So it's something that is branded by the company. It's, you know, you take on that the thing and it's like it's got the logo of the company all over the thing. And uh, it's kind of nice, but then, I don't know, it, <laughs> it feels like a, a very staff thing. So are there right or wrong ways or better ways that corporate organizations can do that gifting piece? Absolutely. The world's top expert on gifting is a man named John Rulin, and he wrote a book called Giftology. Highly recommend you read it and everyone read it. And he talks about the principles of giving gifts. And absolutely, you don't want to be one of those corporate logo <laughs> stamping gift givers. Um, you want to be giving gifts that are special and best in class. And that's what has people be happy. You know, if you're going to, for example, give a coffee mug, don't just give some regular BSP coffee mug. Give the world's best in-class coffee mugs, period, ever, right? If you do that, it's a beautiful thing. Would you put a company logo on it? You know, that's a tough one. Like, um, our company logo happens to be really beautiful. And if you just have the logo, which is this beautiful kind of painted stylized E, it kind of looks cool. But we, I wouldn't put our name on it. <laughs> just put the, put just the stylized E on it. And you got to be careful because if, if you put your name and we, you know, whatever the heck your message is that you put on there, a lot of people are going to look at it and ask ah, trash. Mm. Yeah, there's that very subtle line, isn't it? There are gifts that we love to take home and showcase and tell our friends about. And then there are those gifts that we think, oh, well, that's that's very functional. <laughs> it's not it's not one of those things that we love to share and pull out and show other people, you know, like, isn't this really cool? Where have you seen, I mean, you know the power of gifting. What sorts of doors have you seen it open for you? Oh, my God. Gifting has been a key part of our strategy to build relationships and keep relationships. You know, a, a couple of years ago, the basketball player Kobe Bryant passed away in a tragic accident, right? And uh, he wrote this book called Mamba Mentality. It's this big coffee table book, hardcover with his profile on the cover. And um, when he passed away, the value of those books became astronomically higher. So we, um, we started giving them as prizes to people and people were like clambering to get them. When people were in our events and we were looking to enroll them into working with us further, we would say the first three people to sign up will get a copy of the Mama Mentality. And man, there was just a, a rush. Like, it's a $50 book, okay? <laughs> but there's not that many of them left, at, at least at the time. Now they printed more, right? So for $50, people were spending $50,000 to, to get this $50 book. It was crazy, but... It really worked. And that's the sort of thing that I think can be really good. In, in your upsells, you can offer people who sign up wonderful gifts. That's a fantastic idea. 
Yeah, I don't know what it is about that thing where you're willing to pay a whole lot to get something that is, I guess the whole thing about it is that there was a limited supply. Yeah. So the price may have been $50, but it was worth um, so much more. If you're working on a budget, some companies, not all, but some companies have found it a challenge just you know, emerging out of COVID. How can you gift in a way that is... Yeah, again, buy whatever's best in class but you don't have to spend a ton of money on it. Like if all you can afford to give away is coffee cups, spend $50 on the best coffee cup in the world, not $5,000 on something. You know what I mean? So find what your budget is, but then don't try to buy something cheap. Buy something that's amazing in its class. And people will appreciate the quality and the thoughtfulness that went into creating that. Christmas ideas-wise... Do you think about what's on trend this year or what's no longer fashionable? I don't. I think being trendy is a bad idea because you'll sound and look like everybody else. I think you should go against the grain and be unique. I like knives. I'm a knife collector and knives are very useful tools. I also like multi-tools like the Leatherman multi-tool. So giving away gifts like that is good and special. I can see how, you know, that would feature in the kitchen and it's useful. It's something that people are proud to show off. So it ticks all the boxes. And it's not something everybody else is thinking of and giving away that year. Exactly. Not a trick gift, in, in other words. Yeah. You, you sound original. You look original when you do something like that. You look like you think for yourself. That's a very valuable brand to have in the marketplace, that you think for yourself and you don't follow the crowd. I'll give you a story for myself. So I'm originally a Christian from Iran. And when I was a young boy, I faced a lot of prejudice in Iran for being Christian, right? And I went to an American school. This was the 70s. There were quite a few Iranians there, but there were also quite a few Americans, Europeans, and whatnot. And there was a lot of black students in our school. And, you know, being someone who faced a lot of discrimination, I kind of became friends with them. We kind of hung out because we were all, like, you know, on the receiving end of some nasty discrimination, right? And I always felt that it was, you know, wrong to be discriminating against somebody just because of, you know, their ethnic background, who they were, how they looked. And in the 70s, that was like a radical idea for a boy to hold, Right. Now, today, everybody's jumped on that bandwagon. Oh, no, I'm not a racist. I'm not a racist. And I'm like, huh, really? <laughs> Are you just jumping on the bandwagon? <laughs> right? Like everybody yeah. else. Yeah. So, you, you, you know, you, you got to be somebody who thinks for yourself and comes up with ideas that are your ideas and that are unique to you and that you believe are correct and accurate and you know, I'm not saying go be a racist today because that'd, that'd be stupid, right? Don't be a racist. Racism's always been wrong. It's wrong <laughs> it's today. Message, but yes. <laughs> but it, it, it takes a lot less courage today to say that than it did in the 70s. You know what I mean? In the 70s, it took yeah. real courage to say that. Today, not so much. Everybody expects you to, to do that. So do things that take real courage. Nah, that's what I say. And that includes in your gifting strategy. Do things that take real courage and real independent thought. Are there other things or principles about event planning that you take into your approach that you haven't yet shared? Well, I think you should do events that you think are fun and that inspire you. And I think you want to make sure that event is going to be something that inspires the people that attend. If your focus is on 
making sure that everybody has a good time and everybody is wowed, you're going to be fine. That's my biggest piece of advice. And I know a lot of people these days are a little nervous and scared. There's a lot of inflation going on, a lot of uncertainty. And I understand that. But here's what I have to say to you. You still can thrive. You still can be super successful. And you you got to believe. And if you don't believe, borrow my belief because I believe in you. Yeah. Sometimes you just need that leg up. And uh, so thank you for offering <laughs> your belief. <laughs> my pleasure. I know you're a book lover. You've told us you're a book lover. If there was a book you would recommend for people just to think differently, to think bigger, a book that, you know, maybe changed your life, what book would that be? Well, look, to think bigger, honestly, my first book is the best book for people to read. It's called Finish Line Thinking, How to Think and Win Like a Champion. It's about how to adopt the mindset of a gold medal athlete, a gold medal thinker. So that's the first thing that I would say is you need to do that. Go pick up that book. But the book that had the biggest impact on me when I was a young man was called Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. It's a big, thick book, and it's a novel, but it's a philosophical novel. It'll completely change your life. So I recommend that. We'll certainly put links in the show notes for those. Nikki, if people wanted to connect with you directly, how would they best do that? On social media, Nikki Baloo. Or if you're a business owner and you want to have a talk about how to grow your business, then go to ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment and you can jump on my calendar. I offer something called a complimentary success coaching call, all about mapping out how to become successful and uh, go for it. Do it. Nikki, thank you so much. You've had, is it two, three Christmases? Well, you couldn't have two or three Christmases um, during COVID. So this is your first Christmas in a while where you can do it in person. How are you making this Christmas special? Being with people. (laughs) So not asking much, really. As long as you're with the people that you love, that's Christmas enough. Yep, more than enough. That's a fantastic reminder of what it's all about. Thank you so much, Nikki. Yeah, you bet. God bless you, Adelaide. Thanks a lot. I look forward to coming back on your show next year. Take care, Adelaine. And hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the chat, please share the love by leaving a rating and review. And click the follow button if you'd like to be notified when a new episode drops. By the way, if you ever wanted to start a podcast, I have links in the show notes to some of my favorite tools, including Amazon gift cards and discounts. And if you need a hand to find out how to use these tools or launch a podcast, reach out and say hello at uponarrivalpodcast at gmail.com. I'll be back soon to uncover more stories and strategies for a successful future. Till then, cheers. Cheers.